let's start with a short introduction for our listeners. Okay. Would you uh, tell something about yourself? What, what do you do and how are you involved in the Africa Knows Conference? Yeah, I, I've been involved in so many different conferences and I, I think I was one of the latter conferences towards the end of 2020. Um, and I think at that particular conference, I was talking about uh, health wellness applications um, and, and how we transform the business from uh, its AI business, Cortex, and but into a AI-driven health wellness solutions, a digital platform that drives uh, wellness uh, for people. And, but, but we also have health, but there's also financial wellness. We're actually building both sides. Um, so it's quite interesting, intriguing. And obviously your finances also impact your health, your mental health, and, and, and sometimes vice versa. So it's quite interesting that play. Uh, founder uh, of the Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa. That's what I'm currently also doing. Um, but the, the main business venture is, is Cortex, the Cortex Logic, part of the Cortex Group. Um, my background is in artificial intelligence. So I did a PhD in machine learning AI at Stellenbosch University a number of years ago, and also a researcher in that, this particular area. And I did quite a bit of um, applications in various areas. We even built neural network models of brain disorders. So I worked in, psych in psychiatry applications, but the main uh, applications was around the, the business side. So in financial services or the minerals, metals mining or manufacturing. Um, and that was uh, the reason why I founded my first company called uh, CSENS, CSENS Systems. And that company initially looked at broadly at how you apply AI. And we, and especially during the 2000s, we did quite a bit of work and then decided to focus on the minerals, metals, mining, manufacturing, the industrial space, uh, which turned out to be a good choice at that time. Um, also, given the industries, you, you still had a lot of these minerals, metals, mining, and even oil and gas, and all these kind of companies that could um, get quite a bit of value from the application of machine learning and AI. So if you think about um, any process that needs to be optimized, say it's a chemical process or a manufacturing process, or if you think about uh, uh, equipment. They've got these expensive equipment and if you've got equipment that's not um, like a grinder or a furnace or it could be a, 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 a tank or whatever it is, but if it's not working properly, then your production stops and, and it's also about the quality. So you want to draw, it's all about those business value drivers. So, and that's still even today, it's, it's a very big application use case. Um, around that but but i see the world there's the industrial space where you can do add quite a bit of value in terms of throughput yield quality better production and all of that and that translates to millions of dollars straight away if you if you, if you help so that's what data can do and you apply ai but obviously a big part of the market uh, is uh, on the consumer side so and there it's about consumer data and we all know the biggest tech companies the biggest companies in the world right now is not your minerals, metals, mining, or even banking companies, it's the, it's the tech players. And they are utilizing this data. Google and Facebook, and if you think about advertising and all of these kind of things, it's all about consumer behavior. And how do they actually come to know more about the, the user? It's because the user are instrumented. It's, it, we are actually, the, every, every day, everything, if we type on keyboards and we do things, we work with our phones, we capture, we provide them with so much data. 
And, and that data, you can obviously feed into machine learning algorithms and that allow you to do predictions and do recommendations. And suddenly you've got a massive business. Um, but all, this is also the ingredients for a lot of other consumer facing businesses now, financial services, banks, insurance companies, retailers. Uh, you, you, we know what Amazon is doing as well. So it opens up the floodgates. And the more, if you think about the Internet of Things, the more we instrument not only people, but also our environment, the world, there's more data coming through. So that opens the door. Um, and we know more about the consumer. And, and, and you can be more relevant in terms of the offerings, the products and services that you provide. So I think it's, it's, it's fascinating. And, and now what we are doing, so we've, with Cortex, um, we've been doing quite a bit of work in that regard. Um, so um, especially on the consumer side, but also the industrial side. And uh, so we basically followed on in terms of what they did with CSense. And I was also at General Electric, spent quite a bit of time there when I sold the company there. Also worked at a company called Jumo um, that were, that's kind of, um, I don't know if you know Jumo. They, they, do you know Jumo or not? Um, I've heard of them, but I don't exactly know uh, what they no. are. They're like a digital platform, a mobile money marketplace where you can sell insurance products and bank and loans and microloans um, through wallets, actually through even feature phones, but they collaborate with all the, 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 um, the mobile network operators not only in Africa, they're also in other emerging markets, Southeast Asia, and Pakistan, and a few other places. Um, but what we did there was to actually use AI machine learning to, to determine the risk and the affordability and those type of things, purely based on call direct records and wallet behavior, similar kind of thing. So you can see that there's another use case, and, and that was kind of leapfrogging in that space. Now you can suddenly get to the unbanked. They didn't, don't need to be banked, but you can right offering so it's really changing the game um, but what we've decided now um, is after the last over the last year or two is to, to really zoom in and focus on how can we use this technology to actually um, improve people's wellness help people so for me it's about how to shape a better future in the smart technology era and how can we make a difference and I think healthcare education is hugely important for Africa. Uh, we want healthy people, but you also want educated people. So can you use smart technology to actually help in that regard? Um, and even if you think about Juma, when you think about what we're doing, what we're doing with financial wellness, I think if you can use technology to help educate people in terms of financial wellness, what should they do and, and the health wellness and with COVID-19 and everything now, um, people are very eager to know what should we do and, and what kind of information everybody is seeking for that right information, this vaccine, this thing, what kind of the symptoms, but they need that they flourish on just getting, getting the right information. But now we also sit in an interesting space where there's a lot of fake news, there's conspiracies, there's, we, we, we obviously want the good, we want to filter all the good stuff. So there's a lot of stuff happening on that regard. So I'm, I'm actually also now writing a book and I should be finished with that hopefully the next month or say month or two or three. I'm hoping for this quarter it should be done. And the focus is on democratizing AI to, uh, to benefit all. So how can we benefit everyone? How can we democratize AI to benefit everyone? And this is all part of that massive transformative purpose of shaping a better future in the smart technology era. 
Um, so I'm quite excited about that. That particular book is also talking about exactly how AI is impacting all industries, different sectors. It's talking about government, it's talking about national policies. It's talking about the state of the art in AI and where we're going with AI. Um, it's also talking about this beneficial future for humanity. How should we re-engineer society, the economy, um, so that more people can benefit? How can we democratize AI? So I'm, I'm, I'm very much, as a very big passion of mine. So even on the business side, what I'm doing right now is, is also aligned with that type of vision uh, as well. So yeah, so as you can see where it all comes together. So the Machine Intelligence Institute of Africa is building the AI community in Africa. And, and we are doing quite a bit in that regard. The business is trying to make an impact, not only in Africa, but also globally. So we want a global solution with what we're busy with. And then on the um, writing books and, and, and things that I'm busy with, um, uh, uh, trying to be a, a thought leader, to try to make a contribution with regards to sharing my experience with AI, but also helping with the, the whole communication around where we're going with this uh, as well. So that that's in a nutshell. So you've asked me what to do, but this yeah. is kind of a brief summary. <laughs> well, it all sounds super interesting. And yeah. um, I myself am a bit more focused on uh, consumer technology. So, uh, and I've noticed in the last couple of years that intelligence has become kind of a, a buzzword um what's what the buzzword a word that's kind of thrown around a lot in many different areas so the next artificial intelligence camera for example and then but when you actually use it you don't really experience uh, a lot of the artificial you know a lot of the benefits artificial intelligence uh, yeah. bring um but you obviously are much more uh, in invested in different fields. Um, so what are some interesting developments in AI which uh, will actually benefit people? Yeah, I, I think, you know, my, my big problem uh, right now is uh, when I talk about democratizing AIs, you want to give that kind of ability to them, but you also want the benefits of the technology. You shouldn't just go to the big tech companies. Um, it, it is, how can... Just think about it. If you've got, if everybody's got their own AI agent that's monetizing their data and services on their behalf or with them, help them, guide them, even their life. If you've got a little helper, someone that's as a, 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 an AI agent that's really guiding you and helping you in making smarter decisions. So it's that kind of supportive role. Um, and and uh, I, I think there's incredible potential. Um, the more we get better with AI in terms of really understanding meaning behind what people mean, a little bit the text, and more kind of a worldview as well. So, so our AI is right now, even if you think about GDP3 and all the latest developments in terms of um, speech, speech recognition and, and even what natural language generation, all of it, there's this incredible, fantastic stuff being done. Um, we know about... Uh, uh, generative adversarial neural networks that can generate uh, paints or paintings or it can generate these kind of uh, uh, pictures and objects and videos and it's dangerous stuff so you can use this in the wrong way but it could still be complementary so we need to be wise I think they've got this quote from Spider-Man with great power come great responsibility and, and, and AI 
and not only AI, but all these exponential technologies, biotech, nanotech, um, and the interplay of, and the fusion of these technologies provides us with tremendous power. So the question is, how can we utilize that so that we can benefit everyone? I would love to see a world that's where you empower the citizen. It's more kind of decentralized. You don't have uh, uh, kind of these authoritarian type of things where big brother and nobody can do anything. I think everything in the world is a balance. So you need, you obviously want to protect your society and citizens from bad actors and influences, but you also want to empower people as much as possible. So if you've got say AI agents that's helping to optimize and supporting individuals, you can maybe have AI agents that represent communities or cities or towns. Um, and I would love to see a world where it's much more decentralized. I think it's the national, the governments, and, and if you think about countries, and it, it's it's all good and well, I think you want to protect cultures and all of those kind of things, but I can see a world where we, we as humanity are much more connected. We're already very connected. We've created the nervous system. The internet really helped to create the nervous system for civilization. So if we can um, be kind of operator, they talk about Dunbar's number, where 150 people, you, how many people do you really interact with you know, in a meaningful way? And if you've got communities that's organized, that's in, and, and this is your community, obviously a community is not just, there's obviously a local aspect to it, but I might be connected to, I think we need to think about this virtually because you might be more connected to other people um, that sits anywhere. So we've got to be careful not thinking too local around this, but, but still, if you've got these kind of communities that interact with one another in a very dynamic way, and they can interact with other communities as well, and you can create a, a, a world that's that's quite interesting. That's that's um, if, if say we communicate, say Cape Town communicates directly with uh, London or with uh, Europe and, and Africa or wherever it is, and, and you've got communities here that interacts. And there could be some business interaction. There could be cultural interaction. There could be all sorts of different things. I think we want to open it up a little bit more, not be too protective. Um, and think more about humanity and what we're doing to the planet. I think there needs to be, I think in a few hundred years from now, it will obviously take some time. There's always transitions. And, and, and hopefully if we as a civilization survive and we don't make bad choices, we can get to a world that's better connected, that's we would do better sense-making. I think that's a big problem right now. If you look at the US as well, a lot of polarization, a lot of messaging, uh, tribalism, and all of those kind of things. And and where, if you think about going back, hunter-gatherer period, people worked in tribes and stuff. So it's, it's a natural thing there. But I think we also are part of a, we're more connected now as well. So um, I, 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 I think it's important to be more respectful and understanding if we can actually uh, almost get higher quality sense making and a higher quality engagement uh, between citizens, um, that's what you want. And, and it was quite interesting, Thomas Jefferson, US, he also basically said that you can't have a proper democracy if you don't have informed citizens and if you don't have educated people. So that's why it's important for Africa as well. So you want, um, and the, every all citizens, education is hugely important. And it's not about just knowledge, but it's about more about um, being a good citizen and, and, and making contrib positive contributions to society. And I would love to see a world that rewards that better. And we obviously want to decrease the wealth gap. 
but you won't never get a, a, a kind of a, a equal role because people there's always people a bit more talented, working harder, doing more, um, and you want to reward that. So this is obviously what capitalism is 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 doing it from an economic perspective, but. Um, but you still want to share the benefits. I think we can be smarter with the way we organize ourselves and still have reward to people as doing things, but lift everybody up. Um, so I think that should be the goal. Um, so I'm framing a lot of what I do and think in that regard. And I'm talking quite a bit in the book about that type of concept. Um, um, yeah, so I'm quite excited about that. I'll, I'll be doing some podcasts and, and a lot more as soon as that book is released and, and talk about that theme. But, but I'm also trying working in practice, um, doing things. So that's why I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a businessman. So I'm building businesses as well. And you can't do everything. So I'm very focused in, in, in the specific things that we're involved in. But I do have some ideas for a super platform for society where everybody uh, gets benefit. I think we need, to, we need kind of um, different types of um, solutions. And, and I think that will that'll make a big difference. If you've got tech that's used optimally, that would that would be huge. Um, we need kind of that kind of big thinking around that because the technology is there. It's just the way we organize it. And, okay. and uh, yeah, so interesting times. But uh, yeah, yeah. So you, I think you are really thinking about how how this uh, the the benefits can be shared uh, among everyone um but i think it's also all, not always the case that that uh, that it really uh happens so do you think that's an, a big ethical uh hurdle uh in the adoption of artificial intelligence that it may end up with the most powerful um who will start uh will get the control over uh well, who sees what information and in what way? Yeah, this is where we've got to be super careful is because uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I think if you think about society, this, uh, the danger is always there that you would get authoritarian type of governments controlling things. I, I would, that would be a, a bad world. That would be a bad outcome. As a matter of fact, when I talk about the possible outcomes of society, that's like a dystopian outcome. Yeah. Um, you, you don't want that. So, and I hope that sanity and wisdom prevails. That's why it's actually quite important. Even in the, the previous century, when it was a Cold War, it was actually about ideologies. Uh, ideologies. I mean, it was it was about well, capitalism in one hand, communism in one hand as well, trying to show that you can be economically successful within this kind of uh, ideology. Um, and, and the problem is here is if you've got, say, say China decide we're going to stay, well, they kind of have a hybrid thing going there, which is interesting. Uh, I'm trying to, to have this capitalism within a, a communist yeah. type of environment, this, this danger of the authoritarian aspect. And, and, and I, they, they need to be careful how they do things. But as I think as long as they've got an economy and things are working where they uplift more people, then it's working for China as well. So, and I think a hybrid and balance is probably a good thing, but it's so dangerous because this thing can so easily go in a direction where you can squash any opposition. You don't have the freedom and a democracy. And if you think about a dynamical system, 
it's so easily that it can you can skew the thing. So, uh, so I'm 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 definitely uh, that is a worry. Um, and even if you give control to this, also talks about super intelligence and smart AI, AI and, 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 and value alignment problem and, and things like that. Like, well, that's maybe far fetched, but not. But but it, that that is things that one obviously needs to think about as well, um, uh, eventually. But I think the biggest danger is more how people are using this technology. That's the the the, the real present danger, is is around that because we might might even get to very sophisticated scenarios. Um, uh, obviously, we want a world, I think, with technology where we create super abundance, we reduce the cost, make it affordable for as many people as possible, and then make sure that people are doing meaningful things. They, 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 they want to feel that I'm living meaningful, meaningful life. So I think it's very important to understand what, what, it, what is the things that, that, that excites people, and, and that's the kind of world. So you, we want to visualize, they talk about, um, dystopians, utopians, but there's also things like protopians or peritotopia, um, and that that's where you always see progress. And and it's 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 not perfect, but it's it's always getting a little bit better. And 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 we drive towards that. So I think that's probably where we need to go. Um, but uh, we got to be super careful, and, and could go easily in the wrong the wrong direction. So. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, that's actually a big topic on its own, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of the th those things that, you know, when AI com comes up, uh, the ethical aspect gets talked about quite a lot. Um, and I think it's a really interesting uh, discussion. Um, but let's, let's switch gears a bit uh, yes. to Africa more specifically, because uh, of course, you are based in Africa. Um, yes. And um, you have uh, developed a lot of uh, technologies or uh, done a lot of uh, projects within Africa. So what, what would be the potential for artificial intelligence uh, regarding development in Africa? How could it uh, aid them or aid the, aid the countries in Africa to um, increase the level of development? Okay, great. So I think if you talk about development, it's obviously, you can think about it more broadly. I believe so many things there. We, we talk about sustainable development goals um, that the World Economic Forum is talking about. A lot of those goals, all of those goals is almost is relevant for Africa. It's also, not, also relevant for the world. So what we anyway prescribe in terms of how AI can help development or sustainable development goals uh, or smart technology, whatever we say for other, any other country is also relevant for Africa. But, but I think with Africa specifically, there is um, there needs to be some leapfrogging or at least catch up. Um, there's some infrastructure that you need. Um, but uh, if you think about even mobile money, it was like, especially what was done in Kenya, there was like a world first. So there was some leapfrogging happening, happening. They're using technology to, to actually get to the unbanked or to just have another way of um, doing financial services in a very smart way, cost-effective way, using mobile phones and, and, and very effectively. Um, uh, so I, I think obviously you need the infrastructure, um, you need internet bandwidth, you need energy, you need uh, all of those kind of things. I think those kind of things are super important because 
for education, what is the key things that you need? You need that, but there's also poverty uh, and those kind of things that you want to address. So you want to make sure that the economic systems are working. So how can you get um, Africans more, well, if you think about, okay, I'm interrupting myself there, but if you think about Africa, 1.3 billion people, currently it's on a trajectory to 2050 to, to double that, yeah. so 2.3 billion or 2.4 billion. It will be a huge part of this population. There's a lot of young people as well. Um, and so there's a lot of potential to also do what China did 30, 40 years, within 30, 40 years, creating this incredible economy, biggest economy, well, they're going to the biggest economy in the world. Um, they're going to surpass the US. Um, and Africa has got a potential to also do that kind of stuff, but you need to unite and organize ourselves. So, um, so Africa will become a bigger player, but there's a lot of catch up and there's, and it is not necessarily given um, as well. Um, there could be a lot of things that's uh, making it more difficult, but, but I think the potential is huge. Even if you think about agriculture and using AI technology, because you've got obviously a lot of arable land here as well, you can use smart technology, Internet of Things and AI and all these kind of technologies to, to be much more effective on that front. But also just providing products and services for Africans, um, there's opportunity there. And if it's good enough, you can go international with that as well. So I think there's similar to what China did as well. So I think there is a, um, a great opportunity um, to use technology in a smart way. But I think education is hugely important. Um, you, you want to empower the people with the technology, how to do it. Um, and I think that some of the young people also getting more used to, uh, to do it, but you need to create that mindset and show examples. And we don't have a lot of unicorn examples as well, but it doesn't need to be also unicorns as well. It, it, it just needs to be impactful businesses that's, helping quite a bit of people and showing how it could be done. And then you want many of that. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, there's some positive science and stuff, but I think there's many, many ways that, that we can apply AI and smart technology. Um, we need to empower people. So that's why even the Machine Intelligence Institute in Africa, we've been recently accredited with training courses in data science, AI. So we're doing that in Africa, I said Africa. But we're also connecting with Data Science Nigeria, which is doing fantastic stuff there. There's in Kenya, now recently ACE that was launched. Um, there's Kenya AI. Uh, there, there's various organizations. There's Google Deep in, in Daba. Uh, Google DeepMind and Google Brain was involved in getting this in, in Daba. DeepMind or uh, in Daba thing going, which is fantastic. So that, that is like, you've got a lot of countries in Africa people and data scientists collaborating and meeting and you grow the AI community as well. So it's very much the goals that we have, as Mia have as well. I love that. So we're very supportive of any of these kind of initiatives that's, that's help educating people, giving them the skills to, to, to be impactful. Um, and there's so many great applications. You can apply AI and, and, and smart technology in every industry, every sector. Um, and, uh, and there could be unique ways of doing it. It might not be the same way that you do in the Netherlands. It might be because of the conditions and combinations of things here, um, you've got a different type of solution that you need. You can customize solutions um, to work here at scale. Okay, so, yeah. So you, I think you made a quite an interesting comparison to China and they obviously um, re became really big in manufacturing. Do we? Yeah. 
Um, and but do you see the same happening to Africa? Because uh, some scholars have uh, said that um, manufacturing is not really something uh, that will become big in Africa, but um, you did talk about manufacturing as something important. So, uh, no, I I think it was initially when we when we were in, in manufacturing, it was more in the 2000s. Uh, was earlier on, it was global. It was not just Africa. Uh, minerals, metals, mining is quite big here in Africa, Australia, Canada, uh, South America, Russia. Well, there's a few countries that's so. So, acid Africa has got a lot of the minerals, metals, mine, little mines, diamond mines, platinum, all of those kind of things. So, it was natural for us initially to 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 make contributions there. And there's still opportunities with in, in, in that area to apply AI and, and, and so forth. But but I, I agree with you. I think manufacturing is very competitive. It's great to create local things here as well. But I think agriculture is a big opportunity. But I think also it's more, we live in a digital economy. So I think there's more opportunities uh, um, on, on services that you can provide. Um, it could be digital service, financial services, it could be education, it could be entertainment, it could be so many different things that we do. Healthcare, health is huge. How can we get more nurses helping democratizing medicine and, and, and getting people to provide proper services? I think education is, how can we scale much better with that? We need to think out of the box. Um, yeah, so I think manufacturing is, is Obviously, you want to. I think it's it's about producing stuff. So you still want to produce stuff with services or products, and it would be great for Africa to participate and be creative around products and services. And maybe that product services is for. Remember, it's a growing population here, um, and just to um, to support the population in terms of product and services. So there could be all sorts of interesting manufacturing opportunities. So I, I think it would. It's, it's going to be interesting. Well, there's a lot of other countries doing, uh, it'll be interesting how it all uh, eventually, um, it, it will never end, but it's, it's, it will go through various transitions. Um, but I, I still think there's always opportunity uh, to do things in all areas, um, especially if you've got people. The, 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 typically the product or service is around people. Um, and so I think there's ample opportunity. We shouldn't just disregard uh, different industries. Let's see how, how it develops. Um, I don't think manufacturing is just one of it for me. It's just, it's, I think there's opportunities. People need food. Uh, can Africa produce food for itself uh, as well and for the, for the world um, as well? It will be interesting. But you want to do this in collaboration with humanity. So I still, I, I don't, I almost say, you, you, it's almost like if you think about humanity as this, this body. And you don't want the leg or the arm to, to not be in a good condition. So, so I think I, I'm more thinking about things more globally. I'm not just thinking Africa. I obviously want to help contribute because I'm based here in Africa, uh, help make a difference. Um, we always went international with our solutions um, because we think more globally how we can help. But there's clearly where there's a problem, you want to see what can I provide a solution. Um, and we do have many problems here that needs to be addressed. So, um, and and for, for your humanity to be, and it's quite interesting if you look at the World Health Economic, uh, yeah, the, uh, the World Health Organization. It's just interesting when they talk about vaccines and how it's being distributed, and 
and there's a lot of poor countries not getting the vaccines and, and there's a lot there's maybe some countries that's hoarding stuff um, so that kind of that that's that's obviously not what you want um, so you need to think about humanity uh, to, together so you can actually extrapolate from that and think about how can we make everybody else, how can we get the sense making and the education levels of the whole civilization up because it is affecting us because we are connected it's not good for humanity and civilization if you've got people that's lagging um, in certain things. Um, so you just want to help. So I'm, I'm more thinking it from from uh, thinking about it from that perspective uh, as well. Sorry, long answer, different angles, but again, well, uh, I think you make some really interesting points. Also, with the the distribution of the the vaccine, and yeah. um, well, related to that. How how could AI help in in the future with reducing the risk of uh, these kind of uh, well uh, viruses uh, virus outbreaks, but may, maybe also managing uh, natural disasters? Um, how how do you think uh, artificial intelligence could help with that? Yeah, no, I think that's that's huge. So, so what AI is quite good at in terms of the things that we've done that I've done in the past, um, in terms of real-time monitoring and optimization and real-time causal analysis, detecting causes for things. If you've got a system, forget about just AI. Before you get to the AI, if you if you instrument the world, and that's what we've done. So we we instantly know about a big problem there just with this whole COVID-19, it was so quickly identified. We, we were maybe slow here and there in some countries how we reacted and stuff, but it was still amazing how, it, how, how we dealt with that. It was more kind of collective intelligence. Now, AI have, has in fact been used um, there as well, but I'm going to quickly show you, I don't know if you know about Alpha Fold. Um, that was one of the solutions from DeepMind where they actually look at the amino acid and sequence and, and they can actually build models where they can show how you can actually uh, 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 fold that asset into a protein that do something. So that kind of technology can help you to develop drugs more quickly and so forth. But obviously data science and AI can also help just in terms of understanding what's going on, just looking at all the data available all the behavioral aspects and are we moving in the wrong direction, right direction, what, what's happening with the world world. If you think about climate change, just looking looking at all the data that's coming, that's that's becoming available and, and create more accurate models of the world so that we can be more pro, proactive, but also we can predict better and, and and we can make plans to address potential anomalies and, and, and things as well. So I think it's an incredible opportunity. So the more we instrument the world, the more data becomes available. And then it provides us with the uh, ability to, to build models that's, that tries to be an accurate reflection of reality. And maybe you've got different types of models modeling various things. You've got this hybrid system and stuff, and you can, you can now start thinking about, um, um, uh, you can get alerts much more earlier. Um, so in terms of viruses, if you can just really um, immediately get the information, you immediately see this is the problem, you can stop it in right in its tracks. And that's what we're trying to do now with social distancing and we all these lockdowns and because the thing is spread. But if you can really identify it super quick and you localize it and you take control, um, then 
that's first prize. Maybe you don't yeah. need even vaccines. You just kill the thing right there. Yeah, and if you think about even the human body, in the future, you don't know exactly what's going on in your human body. Well, you've got a feeling your brain is obviously connected to your system. So it tells you you get a headache or you feel, okay, I don't feel well. But if, if, if you've got nanobots or you've got, if you instrument the body better, where you get more information on what's happening, you can have, in the future, this will definitely happen. Um, where you've got real-time information about exactly what's going on and you can immediately identify if there's a cancer or there's something wrong or that's wrong, then, then uh, you localize and you address it and fix it straight away. Um, and it would be very interesting. So that's the kind of world. So you can see, you can look at a civilization level, you can look at cities, communities, and also individual level, the whole health of the system. So I think if you could just extrapolate from that, you can just see this incredible potential but it's all based on instrumentation and data. And that's basically what we did. So we're already getting ideas of what we can do as a society, as, as humans and the power. So I, I think we are just scratching the surface of what can be done uh, here. So yeah, so it's fascinating. <laughs> so I think it's gonna play a huge role going forward. It will become very, very important. We've got also the algorithms, the rule we've developed, as we get smarter with the technology itself, to work with all different types of data. So we're quite good with video, audio, all the types of data. But if you've got, you think about any data, so it could be um, different types of sensors, if, uh, infrared, it could be other type, magnetic, what, what, any type of data. If you've got systems that works with all available data, it's huge. <laughs> so that's, that's what we do as humanity. We, we instrument the world and that made a big difference. Um, and you can see, you can do this. It's almost like we like kids in a kindergarten with, 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 in a toy shop. We, we've got this smart internet technology and with social media, you clearly saw, it's clear how it was used in wrong ways and misused. And, and how people are using it to, 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 to create narratives and, and polarize, uh, polarize people as well and creating these factions because that's the only thing that you see. So we as humans, if, you, if you've got control of people, you're conditioning groups of people, you're gonna create these polarized societies so, so, and, and, and groups, and, and, and that is a bad application. So now suddenly we say, oh, we need sense making, we need filtering, what, what, what new source can I trust? Um, and now we need evidence. But that's a good thing that people think about those kind of things because I think you're just going to be a better citizen, better human, but smarter human if you, if you're more open to other ideas and opinions. But then also can do better sense making for yourself and 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 more. You've got to be more listening to what other people's opinions are and so, and so forth. But but it shows the danger. Technology could be misused, and then suddenly you get that because we are not mature enough. Um, we, it's easily it's easy to condition people. Um, it's easy to manipulate people, and and that's so dangerous because our brains we're creating these predictive models, and it's based on the, what we feed it. <laughs> we're these kind of cultural animals. We we've been fed with culture. We grew up with this and programmed. So it's like a software program. We programmed with this kind of stuff, and, uh, and certain beliefs and ideologies and stuff. So it's it's very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, just. Checking, uh, how much uh, time do you have? 
Uh, maybe last or two questions or so. Maybe you could take it to twelve thirty. Is that good? Yeah, yeah, that uh, that works. Uh, because I I just want uh, to go back real quick to um, to automation and and yes. jobs um, yes. because that's another thing that's often talked about with AI. Of course, is yeah. how much. Uh, how much, how many jobs and which jobs will be automated in the future? Um, will there uh, be new jobs that are created? Um, how will that work? And how how do you see that working out? Yeah, so that that's fascinating and interesting because you you get if you look at the AI, you get assisted intelligence, um, augmented intelligence, uh, autonomous. And because of that, various applications where AI is taking, is, is automating certain tasks in jobs, or even automating whole jobs effectively, um, you, you will be in a situation where the existing current jobs will be affected. But as we know, as we've seen with civilization, jobs do change. Um, how many people are still actually working uh, agriculture? Just think about even the digital, digital economy, how many people are new jobs and new variations and tasks and things have been created around that. Um, so things are evolving all the time, but if it evolves too quickly and we don't adapt quick enough, then you're gonna create huge gaps and huge problems uh, as well. So I, I think it's one needs to really be, <laughs> that's why it's so, Government has got a huge responsibility now uh, in terms of those kind of things as well. So, and, and citizens and corporates and industries as well, because they might appoint, um, if you implement an AI solution, for instance, and you're automating certain jobs, you can't just think about that solution, just maybe improving my productivity and stuff, but then what about the process? What about the humans? How is it being utilized? Um, What's the aim there? Um, can I empower the people to use the technology so that I can actually improve my whole service and, and, and in a complementary way? So it's more, more kind of an augmented way. So the responsibility is not just on government, it's all of us. It's, it's uh, in industry, as we progress, as we transition, as we try to make businesses work, we need to think about locally within your company, within your corporation, how can I be sensible and how can I create a, a, a applications of AI that's 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 kind of supporting augmenting us and can can i use those individuals humans in smarter ways to um to do creative things to to use technology in smart ways um so so i think there's there's opportunities around that but we definitely it's the the, the outcomes is not guaranteed and the, the problem is also with our the way our society is set up engineer we don't value maybe educational jobs or certain healthcare jobs and stuff. And I think we need to think about society and jobs and the economy and meaning. What does it mean to be human? Um, and, and, and what is the things that people want to do? Because people want to feel they're doing, making contributions and, and they, they're feeling valuable. But that's all has to do with how you think about things. So we might, if we get to a world where there's super abundance, where you get AI that's doing most of the products and services, well, won't get, well, there will always be entertainment services or other types of things where you've got humans involved. I, I can't see a world where you, where you don't have products and services that's, that exclude humans completely. Because it, it's anyway stupid because technology should serve us. So yes, if you can use it to actually 
make it much more cost-effective product and services so you can give uh, more cost-effective in a more cost-effective fashion more product services to more people that's great but you still also at the same time want to create societies where people want to live in that's that's empowering and, and all of it and so the people talk about universal basic income talk about all these various things to address things maybe in the interim uh, but but all of those kind of solutions are on the table i think um, i think if you can reward people for their positive contributions to society and it does it could be various things maybe it's not the way we traditionally think about jobs it is just this that's why it's important to find what a society looks like and, and then you can engineer an economy around that as well so you need economists and, and, and philosophers and you get all these kind of people together and thinking about what is that ideal world where the economy works, where civilization works, society works, and that we, I think we can build, put something together where we say, we make it very clear to people how they can contribute. And obviously people need to agree about this thing. But I think there's a lot of things that's common we know what's bad what's good in general so so as long as we have that you can you can then engineer things that people can do that are positive for society and the more people do the less reward them for that um even if it's monetary rewards or other types of things but uh, so that's that could be a, a, a great way of of empowering people and and solving this kind of problem so maybe it's going to be a transition. It's going to be very interesting, but I think we need to be. So that's why you got to have big, big, big picture thinkers um, and think about society and humanity. And um, some countries will go ahead. It may be easier to do in a Singapore or Estonia, or you've got smaller countries in Africa, Rwanda, or um, all these countries where you can control things in a, in a smarter way. But I think there's, there's, there's. Um, we, we need to move. Do that and we need some maybe communities and countries that setting the example because eventually we want the whole of humanity to go there um so yeah i would love to see the us also uh, being more a leader in that regard people you've got a country that that's kind of talking about democracy and showing how it should work but they've got even economic system well they there's there's some, there's, there's some really good stuff you shouldn't just uh, but there's there are things that's not working properly um and you need a few countries to 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 also show the way uh we, we people we need examples um and, and well it could be anywhere it could be that's why even south africa we can say what can we do we should think out of the box here we've got our own problems here um, if you think about the netherlands what can the netherlands do within europe um to set an example so i think if if we could if we have more of that kind of thinking and trying to build that society that, that we all want and engineer it in a proper way and that's great. I think the only problem is we still sit in a world we, that's, that's very hybrid. You've got, uh, I, don't, I think capitalism is dominant on the economic front everywhere, even in China and stuff like that. So you have a system that's there. And the problem is people are exploiting that businesses to, and, and the rich are getting richer almost. And, and so it's a bit of a issue. So, so we still have that reality. How do we move this thing in a, in a smart way? where it's a bit more equitable, where it works, where society works. But it's clearly something that nobody individually, Google can't solve it on its own, Apple can't solve it on its own, this government can't solve it. So it, you need that collaboration. It's, it's, we have to collaborate. We have to, and, and if you think about 
but democracies if you don't have people proper sense making you're not you're not going to solve it because people are just being influenced by various groups and and they are almost like sheep following certain things and and that's not ideal so i think you need really wisdom and really good leadership and clear guidelines of where we want to go so that, so that's so, so this book that i'm writing is actually uh, talking a little bit about that um and but i'm there's more work that needs to be done <laughs> okay well i think that's quite a positive note to end on that we need yeah. to do together uh, yeah. so i think i would like you i would like to thank you so much for this interview for this opportunity um, and yeah. it, it has been really insightful super interesting um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you, to hearing about your book and uh, seeing you maybe on the Africa Nose conference uh, during a panel. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Simon. It was great to talk to you and good luck. And thanks for all the interesting questions. And uh, yeah, let's stay in contact. It was good. Yeah. Thanks, okay. man. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, bye. Cheers. Bye. -bye.